Alright, playboys and playgirls, now that the hot boy, hot girl summer is over, and y'all know it's the, we're going into the fall, and y'all are going to need new backpacks for school, work, and yes, even the gym. So, our, we have partnered with Muslim Backpacks in order to give you guys a new backpack that can actually be styled into three ways. It can be carried as a regular backpack, a duffel, or even, guess what? You guessed it, a gym bag. And with our discount code, WRYH10, you can receive 10% off of your first purchase when you head over to Muzum, that's M-U-Z-M-M, backpacks.com, and make your first purchase. Once again, that's M-U-Z-M-M, backpacks.com. Let's know that Lonnie and Marla sent you. Now let's get into this. Kids, 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 I came back for you. Um, I guess you could say that because it's true. It's really the whole motto of today's show. I came back for you. School's back in session. Um, you, you think I should bust a rhyme from um, I came back for you? I mean, I mean, I, mean, I came back for you. All this stuff. Ah, oh, child, I messed up already. Did you know? That's the Lord's way of telling me. That it wasn't meant for me to sing it, and <laughs> the fact that you agree with him, it's just. Oh God! You real with each other. You just gonna what? No, what you're not gonna do? <laughs> Let me stop playing with you guys. Welcome back to another session. We are in season four. Burn for burn, season four of WRH podcast. I'm your host Lonnie, and if you guys have not noticed. Or if you didn't pay attention to last season, um, Aaliyah is no longer my co-host for the show. She's still behind the scenes. Actually, shout out to Aaliyah. She actually texted me this morning um, and wished me good luck with the recording for today. But there is someone else that is here, and he's not a stranger to the show, so I'm going to allow him to introduce himself. How's everybody doing? It is Marlon. Just Marlon. Just Marlon. Just Marlon. Now, the thing is, normally everyone's used to you being on the show being like a being featured as just a guest. So I feel like they know bits and pieces. They don't know the whole thing. So why don't you give them a little brief synopsis or introduction? Wow. Um, well, like I said, I'm Marlon. Hey, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, Lonnie asked me to be his co host this season, and I'm like yes. super, super excited about yes. it. Um, always wanted to do the podcast thing. I mean, the way that the universe aligns, mm-hmm. and you know, it just it here here we are. It's it's out a table full of alcohol. Why not? That's <laughs> what we're here for. So we did. So we did. Um. So tell us, how's your summer? How was your summer? Summer was cool. It was interesting. It was hot. Mm. 
to say the least. Talk about Jesus. <laughs> but it was pretty cool. Um, I didn't do a whole lot this summer. I, I got out where I could and all the good jazz. Didn't get to take no uh, lavish trips or anything like that. But uh, <laughs> there were lots of um, great times. Um, you know, lots of liquor because I'm a drinking kind of guy. And uh, yeah, it was pretty fun. It was pretty cool. I had a good time this summer. As you should be a drinking kind of person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Oprah. So, there has been a lot that has taken place in Nambara. Y'all have made it difficult to be to take a break for more than a month from this podcast because it's like so much has happened. I'm like, damn it, I wish I was recording right now. And I just like, I, I had to reserve and preserve my responses. And, um, the funny thing was, I think the first thing we could start with, um, with scroll on, welcome it back, child. Um, while we were away, I guess you could say that, because um, normally, ooh, I'm sorry for the phone vibrating. Um, while we were away, some things happened um, that were questionable, um, but I think the main one that just sticks out like a sore thumb since I've been away was the whole Malik Yoba situation. Now, um, if you guys know anything or don't know or have been sitting under a rock as far as what's going on, Malik Yoba came out and announced, um, in, basically in, in slew of announcing that he would be speaking at a trans rights rally, I believe, um, that he basically revealed that he was quote-unquote trans-attracted. Now, um, of course, he's been online defending himself ever since and saying, that, oh, you know, basically he's attracted to women and technically trans women are women, which is the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how to feel about this. Um, only reason why I say that is because I'm on the fence of it, took, it of course took bravery to actually admit that you are attracted to, that you could be attracted to trans women. Mm-hmm. But <clears throat> it's more so are you hurting or harming with the actual term trans attracted? Hmm. Is, it, is it harmful or do you think, because technically it just identifies trans as just a sore thumb opposed to just acknowledging they're women. Hmm. So it's like, I'm confused. Conflicted even. I kind of see where you're coming from with that. Like, because um, I hadn't thought about it that way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in the sense that saying that you're trans attractive kind of takes steps back instead of steps forward. You could agree. If we are trying to get to a space where we're acknowledging that trans women are just women. Um, and I think that the reason why he said it that way is because society just needs us to have all these boxes, all of these check marks, tick marks, like all of these like names for things. Like you can't just be attracted to just women. You know, it's already bad enough that society just doesn't they refuse to even like acknowledge that trans women are, are women. They're women. Like he's attracted to women. He doesn't, it doesn't necessarily mean that he has to identify or specify his, oh child, that is a word, um, be, more speci- be more specific when it comes to 
what he attracts to because technically he's heterosexual. Right. A lot of people are like, well, no, he's not heterosexual. I'm like, he's heterosexual. If he detract, he's attracted to women, mm-hmm. period. If he decides he wants to explore his sexuality, and especially in the terms of women, we're not talking about undergarments because that's where everyone goes to. It's like, oh, basically, does she still have a penis or did she have it completely removed? That's neither here nor there in this conversation. And the funny part is, a lot more celebrities need to come out and say this because after him, I mean, before him, there were quite a few that had in scandals and having to admit that they had met, that they had basically had sexual relations with women that just so happened to be trans. And it's like the shame that is placed on it is. It's really redundant to me, mm-hmm. to be brutally honest with you, because it's like, why are we trying to just say, oh, why is this a thing? Like, or why does it? Why do we care about this? Why does it matter? Blasi, blasi, blasi. Cat had the kitten. The problem is, and why this matters, is because you can't. Like me, as especially a community, we disregard trans women, trans in general, to begin with. Mm-hmm. And it's sad that we do because the only time in the only time we acknowledge them is on Pride Month, when in essence, if it wasn't for trans and feminine, I mean trans women and feminine men, we would not be basically not have to have the shit that we have now. Right. Like yeah. your Pride parades, your organizations, half those things are started by trans women and feminine men. But this is no secret. But it's more so when you bash men for coming out or basically saying things like this, that's what makes it harder for them to even admit their truth. Like, it's wild to me still to this day that society will accept a woman being a lesbian or being bisexual. Let a man be anything other than heterosexual. Let that one marinate in your spirits. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's all like, it's super multi-layered. Super. Um, like, the fetishization of women as a whole um, puts them in this space where they are just like objectified in so many ways. The disrespect of the feminine itself yes. plays a really big part in it because the world views the feminine women as subservient, less than, all of those things. So anything related to those things tends to get put down, you know? And on top of all of that, like, when you add the trans experience to that whole situation, you got a whole nother, like, a whole nother issue because so many people don't acknowledge trans people as people. You know, there you know, is still like, oh my gosh, like, I watched the interview that we did with the Breakfast Club. I, mm. I was. I couldn't do it. I, was I couldn't do it. Very nervous about it because there's so much that has come out since this whole story hit. But it's like a, it's like a shit show. Yeah, but it's like, really like a shit show. I appreciated the perspectives of the trans women. Well, one of the trans women, because Carmen Pereira is an example. I, I forgot the other lady's name. But she like pull out out there that made a lot of sense. And I feel like educated people, but like my biggest mistake is reading the comments. Because after that, like you got like all these people like just going in, like so many people still like they show that like they show their faces 
like, so that people still feel like being LGBTQ plus is a mental disorder. So many people still if like, that is the case, baby, where's that check? I mean, and then there's that, but that, that will never be a thing. That never. will never be a thing. Never. You know, because it's like, so many people still feel like it's a choice. Still, like, the bigotry just jumped out. The hatred just jumped out. And it was just like, what are y'all doing? Like, that's sad to see. It's really sad to see. The crazy part that still boggles my mind is the people that actually can say that. Like, oh, you have a choice to be gay. Really? Really? Where did I have a choice in this? I would love to know. Mm-hmm. Where? So I can show you. I did not. I promise you. I tried to be heterosexual before. Mm-hmm. I tried. But it wasn't me. Right. It's like, for what, like, why would I sit here and say that it's a choice? Mm-hmm. And then the part that really baffles me is that most people's bigotry and hatred toward the community, right. they hide behind a book that was written centuries ago. That's a whole That's a whole conversation. Yeah. A whole conversation. Yeah. I say to people all the time, like, if it's a choice, then you choose right now. You choose. I don't want to. Because you can't. You can't choose. That's like telling someone that identifies as bisexual, you have to choose the sex that you want to be with. Why do they have to? Right. Why? Right. It's, if they want to be bisexual, they can be bisexual. It's a thing. It happens. Right. Yeah. It's like... Absolutely right. Uh, um, the VMAs happened while we were away. Huh? Yeah. Um, first of all, Shout out to North for showing the fuck out my hometown <laughs> the way that they needed to for the VMA. Like, I don't know if you saw some of the videos. Um, DJ Khaled was like, I want to say he was on, and I want to be right. I believe he was on Board and Market in a Maybach. And wow. like, just like, like, just sitting there. And you had Yandy Smith from um, Love and Hip Hop, um, the, the original one in New York, who before she went to the red carpet, she went to go greet the fans that were waiting on the sides. And I'm just like, look at my people. And of course, you, I love the people that remain socially activists, mm-hmm. social activists, because they had to also bring into like, listen, though this is here, this is fine, this is dandy, Mark is still in the middle of a water crisis, and we need to figure this out. Right. Like all this money went into the VMAs, but none of it went into fixing our water system so that way we could have clean drinking water. Just so y'all know, this is happening too while we're here for the VMAs. Thanks for coming now. Appreciate y'all. But I will say, even with me driving down the Penn Station that day, it was lovely because there was no traffic going opposite way from where I was going. And it was rather smooth. I thought it was going to be gridlock because they had issued the alert. None of that happened. Um, my girl Lizzo, of course, opened the show. Shout out to her for earning her first number one. Yes. Which you heard. Congratulations, Lizzo. To the trolls online that's saying that after two years, two first people to number one, and this song could do it. Listen, let the girl have her moment to shut the hell up. If you understood, like, if you understood the fight that that single had to even get to where it is, and let alone the story behind her writing the song because she talks about it and how she was depressed when she wrote True Hurts. Like, she was not in a good mental space when she wrote the song. So it's like, give her that moment. Let her have her moment to shine. Right. Okay, your fate is not important right now. I just don't understand, like, why people just can't allow people to be great. Like, I feel like so many people, like, 
have to talk about Liz like where did she come from? Like she's been a thing, honey. She's been around, like you just never noticed. And like her having the song on what was it, a commercial or a show that it popped up? It was like a show, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was like and, a TV show. And it took, and because of that show, it took off. It's kind of like how the same thing happened with Migos. Migos was like people were lukewarm to Migos. Mm-hmm. Migos appeared on Atlanta, and that's what happened. Right. Yeah. So it's like you don't know when your moment or when God's timing comes into play with whatever you have going on in your life. But whatever higher power you believe, because I completely forgot, my co-host is doing this. So, what you never know when the higher being is going to tell you it's your moment or show you it's your moment. You just got to act on it. And that's exactly what she did. And not to mention, during the performance, she pulled out good as hell. Now, (laughs) which was very genius and calculated on her side because she pulled out another song from before time. Mm Like, if you don't know, um, Good As Hell actually appeared on Coconut Oil, which was an EP. So, so, yes, that's where Good As Hell came from. It's not on her album. It is on an EP beforehand called Coconut Oil. Um, Missy, Misdemeanor, The Elliot, The Icon, The Legend, The Pioneer, The Architect, (laughs) The One That You Best To Respect. Yes was finally, 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 finally honored in a way that she deserved and got her Michael Jackson Video Vanguard Award. Yes. This has been a long time coming. Long time, especially all of us going on Twitter and Instagram and even Facebook and telling them, listen, you are doing an injustice to this woman. The fact that she also, if I'm not mistaken, she also holds the most VMAs for um, a female artist. Oh, I think. I could be wrong. Y'all won't correct me. But I think she holds the most. So it's like, why does she not have this award? Why did people like Pink? I think Britney Spears was also mm-hmm. on that list. Justin Timberlake was on the list. Like, you had all these people before her that did not deserve the award received it before her. <sighs> And it's like, bruh, give her her credit. Like, those visuals were are still to this day referenced and thought of. And I love that performance. Every visual, every iconic visual had something to do with it. Especially when I saw the damn cornfields of past that She did your damn show. She really, really did. She always does, though. Like, Missy has just been doing a damn thing forever. Like, I'm still tripping that it took them this long, and we all know how, like, we all feel the same way. Like, everybody has been waiting like she should have been Long overdue and well deserved. Now, next is Buster Rhymes. I don't care. Listen, I. we all have reserved feelings when it comes to the rhymes, but credit is due. He, if you're going to give it to Missy, Buster Rhymes needs to be next. Sorry to inform y'all. Because his, I'm like, put your hands where my eyes can see. True. Give me some more. Mm-hmm. Pass the Kavarsky. Do I need to go on? Mm-hmm. I just named What's iconic videos. Iconic video. Give this man that trophy and stop playing with him. <laughs> he earned. He deserves. 
Yeah. I mean, he does. Yeah. Um, I wanted to take a moment also, and with all of this, we did lose while I was um, away, LaShawn Daniels. Now, if you are a music lover like me, you know exactly, especially an R&B lover, you know exactly who LaShawn Daniels is. LaShawn Daniels had a, had a major pen in majority of the hits that we were singing from like the 90s and even early 2000s, even to present day. Right. He had a hand in either writing or producing the song. Um, a lot of people were like, well, what did he produce? So I'm like, well, major- producer, right? Well, majority of Brandy's Never Say Never and Full Moon, he also had a hand in Human. Um, Tamar's Love and War album. I'm calling all lovers for Tamar. If you had my love, Jennifer Lopez, like the list, it's not right, but it's okay with music. The list goes on. You rock my world. The list goes on of how many hits he's written or had a hand in because he was really a part of the Dark Child team. So it was a loss. I was heartbroken when I found out he passed away. I'm like, no, that pin is iconic. <laughs> like, the pin is iconic. And it just, it saddened me. It, Brandy never really came out said anything, but she, if you also remember Brandy from Whitney, Brandy does not take death well to begin right. with. Um, Tamar, of course, came out and said something. A lot of people from the industry came out and said something. Um, this past week, it was an actual funeral. Um, they, he had a private ceremony, it was close to the public. So it was just close family and friends um, that came to the actual memorial service, and so happy for that. Um, also, like I said, I'm doing a brief synopsis before we get into the actual timeline. Um, one thing that I also was happy to see, I want to say last week, um, was Nipsey Hussle had already, before he passed, he was in talks with Puma to take the marathon clothing and distribute it through, um, worldwide okay. through Puma. So to create the Puma collection. Now, of course, since his passing um, and where he, of course, his life ultimately ended, um, they had, of course, the marathon closed off to everyone. So we didn't know why, but we later on found out exactly as to why, because Puma took the marathon. Mm. So that's that's actually what happened. So definitely shout out to them. I'm glad that he got that off the wall, um, got that off, and of course Lauren ensured that it was done. Um, so we are now going to have the marathon and put, uh, distributed diploma, so congratulations. Also, not to mention his son also celebrated a birthday. Um, I think, yeah, Cross turned three um, before um, this all happened, before we saw ultimately Puma ticket. So, congratulations. And the marathon continues, girls. Um, is there anything else I wanted to touch on that happened while we were away? Am I listening? I asked y'all, nobody said nothing to me. <laughs> um, I think that's it. Oh, uh, um, yeah, that did happen while I was away. So Little Nas X had um, dethroned Mariah Carey for the longest running number one uh, with Old Town Road. And the crazy part was the song had made its way to the top 10, let alone number one in April. The song is still in the top five and we are in September. Wow. It is at number five. Wow. 
Like he got when he got the throne to um for bad guy, literally the next week Lizzo hit number one for True Hurts and she jumped from number three to number one. Mm-hmm. I'm like, y'all ensure that the melanin stayed at number one and Listen. I live. Listen. I live, y'all. Listen. I love it. Definitely. Ooh, child. I think I got everything I need to cover. Um, for that portion. So, um, I'm a little dis- as a Beyonce fan. I'm a little upset that the Emmy snub Beyonce. She had the mo- the largest snub in history for the Emmys. Hmm. All the um, nominations she had for Homecoming got snubbed. Um, how right? Mm-hmm. How? She got all of it got snubbed. She um, lost one of her for art direction. One of those she actually lost to Carpool Karaoke. And I'm like, did we did we look at the doc the same documentary? Because how did she lose to a guy in the front seat of a car singing with the celebrity songs? Meanwhile, she's on a stage performing with a full orchestra her songs. Like, I'm not understanding how this makes any type of sense. Now you think about it. Because, like, not for nothing, not taking anything away from carpool karaoke. Not entertaining. It is. But if I had to choose between carpool karaoke and homecoming, I'm going to choose homecoming. Homecoming was a bit more exciting. Like, because carpool karaoke doesn't always give me artists that I would like to see. So I'm not watching it all the time. They have a couple Correct. of really nice episodes with people that we love and know, whatever. But like, homecoming is literally like the shit. You can't help it if you try. But while I am also here, Beyonce did make the announcement on um, with ABC Today that there was a documentary also shot, um, showing the creative process into making the gift. Wow. So. Literally, this documentary will be coming on ABC on September 16th. It is going to show the creation of the album track for track. So you also are going to see Beyonce actually recording some of the songs along with the African artists that she pulled that actually made appearances on the track. I would love to. I would love to see the creative process behind Jara Jara. I'm sorry, call me crazy. Because I fell in love with Burner Boy through that song. Okay. Um, I would love to see how she came up with my power. And that's actually the one that they could use to create the actual commercial was when they were actually creating the beat for my power. Wow. So I'm like, I, I can't wait to see this. And I know and I'm hoping that my girl Stacey Barth gets her flowers mm-hmm. because if a lot of people don't know, she actually wrote bigger. I'm like, if you listen to the lyrics of Bigger, I love Beyonce, but I can tell Stacey Barth had a hand in it. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite songs ever mm-hmm. is Flawed Beautiful Creatures. Mm-hmm. Let you go through some shit and go play Flawed, Flawed Beautiful Creatures. Mm-hmm. It legit is a song that you put on repeat mm-hmm. and just let it play and figure out your shit. Mm-hmm. Now, when I heard Bigger, I'm like, this is definitely a song for her. And the funny part was when Stacey talked about how she got to the actual song, mm-hmm. she actually was done with like writing for other artists. Okay. And she ended up meeting with Beyonce at Nipsey's funeral. Wow. And that's how Bigger actually came into play. Wow. She wrote so Bigger. Amazing. Not to mention, my baby said from the internet wrote Other Side. So, and I'm like, I, of course, because I'm a sad, I still deal with the death of a, a very close loved one. 
I can't listen to the other side. I'm like, mm, I skip it. So I'm like, I don't do the cry thing. I, I don't like being a, a human and displaying emotions like that. So <laughs> we'll go off of that. Um, let's see. Let's get into the foolishness for this week. Are y'all ready? Are y'all ready for the outline? Uh, the outline, the timeline, the scroll line, all that hot stuff. Um, let's get straight into the foolishness. So, where do we start? This Kiki Palmer meme <laughs> is so accurate. I don't know this man. God bless this man. I was. Because I'm like, it applies to so many situations. And then when you see how many people flipped it on Twitter, I cried. Someone said, um, when, um, when Ciara sees you, uh, when someone talks to Ciara about future. <laughs> <laughs> then it was another one that said, um, I think it was one that said for Sally May. Oh my, what? Yes, it, it says, I'm reading them right now, some of the ones that the Shade Room actually put. It says, when he sent screenshots of you flirting on Twitter. <laughs> the other one says, if we dated before 2019. Oh the other one says, the day my company shows me my Twitter profile with all my wild ass tweets. <laughs> then another one says, Dory, when, the, um, when um, excuse me, Nemo asked if she knew his father, Marlon, <laughs> Irony, after she spent days swimming in the ocean with him. Right. With Sierra's ex, my future. Travels internationally. Is this your prep? Me. I don't know this man. The, do you still talk to me? I don't know this man. <laughs> and when the bill collectors call my phone, and the last one that finishes it out, was Sally May calls my phone asking for so and so. Right. Like, I don't know this man. God bless this man. God bless him. Trigger alert. Texas superintendent tells four-year-old to cut his hair and wear a dress to school. What? So, it's being reported, because I saw this yesterday in the shade room. Um, it says, according to Live 5 News, the superintendent is being accused of setting unrealistic and discriminatory guidelines for his students at a Texas elementary school. Randy Woodley is the grandmother of four-year-old Michael, who was told he cannot wear his long hair as a male student. The superintendent gave me three options, Randy says. He told me I could either cut it, braid it, or pin it up, or put my grandson in a, in a dress and send him to school, and he, it would be presumed my grandson that, um, must say that he is a girl. And prompted to say that he is a girl. This is why I come to this podcast and I legit ask this question every time it's time to record. Because I really need answers. I do. Like, why? And of course, of all states, this is Texas. Let that marinate in your spirit. Anytime that you hear these outlandish, outrageous, just disgusting stories, nine times out of ten, it's coming from a state that is already trash. I.e. Texas. Pennsylvania. Wyoming. Idaho, all these random ass states where shit, well, Texas isn't random, but it's expected. It's Texas. It's like kind of like when you get Florida, it's just like, oh God, more was just flew out the window. But for you, as a grown ass man, to go to the grandmother of a four year old boy and tell him that it's either you pin it, braid it, or you come to school in a dress and say that you're a girl. 
So he's not allowed to express himself and let alone display his hair without wanting people to go to him and say that he's basically pursuing and wear a dress and say that he's a girl. Like, how the fuck? Like, what kind of sense does that make? It doesn't make any sense, but it makes sense to him because, like, what this pretty much says from this man's perspective is boys don't wear long hair. But they do. They do. Clearly we know that, but from his perspective, like, when people, like, bring their own shit to the table and, like, try to um, leave impressions of their beliefs on others and wield it around, especially people in a position of power, like, it just creates this ridiculous friction, like, it always brings a storm of bullshit. That's dumb. Like, how dare you? <laughs> Who does that? Like, wear a dress. Wear a dress? You're gonna tell me to put a dress on my four-year-old grandson, on my four-year-old grandson, you don't care. like. There's so many layers to this that I can't. Um, of course, you know, Fashion Week was last week. Um, we saw a lot of things, and there was one, <laughs> one story in particular that sticks out like a sore thumb for me. Um, during Fashion Week last week, um, we saw Kalani. My girl, love her, love her music. Um, she came out and of course she had a relationship announcement that she is now dating rapper YG. Um, we all remember YG from that ignorant ass comment in the funeral. Um, it was quite um, controversial. Mm-hmm. However, that's not why we're here. We're here to, to, uh, to discuss your, uh, your ways of thinking. You all are upset that Kalani just walked into baby a few months ago, and back in July, YG um, walked into another child. And of course, the two of them are dating outside of whatever endeavors that they had before coming together. Um, first of all, I, I don't know who needs a reminder, but um, Kalani basically said this herself. Her pregnancy was arranged. It was discussed. It what they were not romantically involved. Her pregnancy was arranged. That's normally what happens. The man was bisexual, and so was Kalani. She decided it was. She decided she wanted a child. The two of them came together, and guess what? The adorable little piece of love is here. Then, then you have. YG, and apparently he's also stated the whole relationship with him and his child's mother had already ended. But you motherfuckers. <laughs> you motherfuckers have had the nerve, the audacity, the capacity to judge them for dating while welcoming new children into the world. Time I checked, while you were still sitting here dealing with your child's father, you, the two of you were already done or on the outskirts of things, and you were already in another situation, another, another, you know, fucking situation, might be another man that just so happens to not be the father of your child. But here you are passing judgment on a woman that is living her life and one that's basically shame her for basically getting into a new relationship after welcoming the child and him as well. 
But I find it ironic that it, the most shame came on Kalani to the point where she was, she limited her comments on her Instagram for like a week to keep everybody out of her business. And the crazy part was y'all did the same exact damn thing to Ciara when she started dating Russell. And all y'all had a problem with the fact that he called Russell Papa Russ. Oh, that's not his father. Blah, blah, blah. Why do y'all care? When was the last time you seen your child? Or is your mother still watching him? Like, why does it matter to you? Why are y'all trying to shame the both of them for dating? They still don't care. It's gonna happen. It's been happening. It's gonna happen. They're gonna come, they're gonna hunch. <laughs> they're gonna be together. They actually look cute together. I just don't like YG, but yeah. I mean, I'm entitled to not liking the why, but it is what it is. What can you do about it? So, since Santana, um, Joe, Joe Bennett's ex fiance, the mother of his son, she has a very interesting question today on Twitter. And I would love to hear the responses to this. Hey, you guys, how long does a heartbreak last? <laughs> it's, it's a chill <laughs> this is actually a very good question because it really varies it does for me my it took me a minute to get over my breakup I fully didn't rebound from it it's like a year and a half later emotionally and it took a while for me to trust dating and the crazy part was when I tell the story it's true I had opportunities to be in relationships right afterwards and I declined all of them me now looking back like bitch what the fuck would you think you could have a man but I knew why I declined them and and me and I talked about one of them was a doctor and I declined him I could have sat long island bitch (laughs) (laughs) Driving the bands. I decided. I said no. My dumbass. But it really depends on if you were with the, how long you were with the person, let alone how you truly felt. Because when you feel, when you truly are in love with someone, that heartbreak knows no time, no time frame for you to rebound from it. Some people get over a breakup in like a month, and I say nine times out of ten, you never really were in love if it takes you a month to get over a breakup. Mm-hmm. Sorry, um, but I feel like after three months, personally, after three months, that's when your friends need to step in. Like, bitch, get off your ass. Let's go. We going out. Let's go. We we gonna find somewhere to go. It could be a lounge. It could do something. But you need to get out this damn house and soaking in your own sorrows. But it really knows no expiration. No expiration date, in my opinion, because you can't tell somebody. Uh, you can't do anything. No, girl, fuck you. I mean, but you know, those types of situations are definitely case by case scenarios, and it's all a matter of opinion. Like, and sometimes it takes a little while, sometimes it takes a long time. It just depends on your attachment, how you process it, how you deal with it, sometimes how it happened. 
and that's exactly what happened. Now, she has been independent. Haven't seen anything from her right now. No, we have not. Hopefully, we'll see something from her in the near future. But right now, she basically confirmed she's independent. Um, I have been shout out to my friend Yasmin, one of my best friends. She basically has issued a challenge for me. Um, She has challenged me to watch the Dave Chappelle uh, stand-up special. Now, mind you, my best friend is a lesbian. And she was saying, I, she's like, I need a second opinion on this. I need you to watch it. I'm like, I don't know about that. (laughs) She was like, wow, I said, I love Dave. I promise you I do. But as of late, he's just been extremely problematic. I can't. So she was like, Lonnie, just do me the favor and watch the special. I'm like, you know what? Because you asked, I'm gonna oblige you. I'm gonna watch it during the week, find the time to actually stomach being irritated by Dave Chappelle. I'm gonna find the time. Who says what what time it's gonna be and what day, I don't know, but I'll find, I'll gladly find the time to listen to Dave Chappelle and getting upset. Um, El Paso shooter uh, shooting the uh, suspect indicted on capital murder charge. Prosecutors are seeking the death penalty. Um, deserve. <laughs> Sorry to inform all the girls. Deserve. I don't. I'm very weird and finicky with certain situations and certain punishments. Death penalty is one of them. Okay. I'm sorry. Did you or did you not casually walk into a Walmart and open fire and kill and kill and injure innocent men, women, and children? And act like you did nothing wrong. The part that really bothers me is that they held him across the street from the actual like on a parking lot, I believe. Like he did like basically like this is fine. Right. You're not in shackles or anything. No, you just have you're in handcuffs. Like you did nothing. Let that person have an African American. You hate to bring race into the situation, but it's the truth of the matter. The part that really baffles me is we're so headset on putting up this wall around Mexico. Half of the mass shootings in America have been by white men. Let that marinate in your spirits. White men. It's not like we're sitting here talking about it's a bunch of black men or a bunch of a bunch of Muslims. No, white men have been carrying out these mass shootings. We have had more mass shootings with I think we've reached over, like what over two hundred fifty at this point. We're not even talking gang related shootings. We're just talking mass shootings, and they don't even count gang shootings as mass shootings. Really? No, they count it separately as gang violence. Hmm. Yeah, I uh, really one of my friends, shout out to C, he was on the season finale for the show. He schooled me on it. He said, no, they put that technically is considered gang violence. They will never put it as mad, as a um as a mass shooting, but technically it's gang violence. That, like, that is trash. Um Adele has filed for divorce from her husband. Whoa, yeah. Um, she filed, but she announced like I'm gonna say almost a couple months ago she announced that they were separating. Oh. So for the for this to come out that she filed for divorce, I'm not surprised. Mm. Um, hmm. 
Shout out to Robin. If you guys don't know who Robin is, I'm talking Robin Rihanna Fendi. Okay. Um, oh, this past week she had the Savage Fenty show. Um, of course, as you all know, thank God for Prime. It's going to show on Prime on the 20th, mm-hmm. which is this coming Friday, um, where she had a complete, of course, regular fashion show. Now, at the fashion show, it wasn't the Diamond Ball. No, was it the Diamond Ball? No, it was. No, 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 no. Because she had the Diamond Ball and the Savage Fancy show in the same week. I want to say it must have been the Diamond Ball. It had that been the Diamond Ball. So, she, Pharrell's on stage, and of course, you know, Rihanna had a song with Pharrell called Lemon. Rihanna comes on stage for the, to perform Lemon, and... It's like she carried it. It's like she carried it. Oh, I saw something. Yeah, it it was serious. It looked like sis was up there carrying it. Mm. And I'm not talking about like carrying having a good time. Me, it looked like she's carrying a child. Mm. Um, of course, social Serena came out and denied it that, of course, she's not pregnant. Um, but it did look like it. I wouldn't be surprised because if it came out down the line that she might be pregnant because Liana is also our age and I don't know any doctor is not talking about looking at her like okay sis I'm saying you got this this and this going on but you do realize you're pushing your mid-30s and it's about time for you to start considering a family hmm. <laughs> that is the speech every woman gets in her early 30s alright so what are we doing about kids <laughs> like what I'm like, like, are you, do it? you realize when she hit 35 you run the risk of high risk pregnancy what are we doing about kids? <laughs> and last time I checked, if I'm 32, Rihanna is about to be 33. Mm. So it's like, yeah, what are we doing about kids? <laughs> it's about that time. What are we doing? Right. Not to mention, her her boyfriend is a billionaire. So it's like, um, what are we doing about kids? <laughs> I can't with you. Who's up? My gosh. Um, also... Stemming from that, I believe, the Savage Fancy Show, if you guys have not noticed, Rihanna has cut a deal with Amazon to basically distribute Savage Fenty through Amazon. Boss move. Boss move. Like, it's literally a separate homepage on Amazon. I heard. I looked at it. I looked. When I heard it, oh, that would read, I actually went and looked. I was like, gag, bitch. That is what you do. You're like, no, I don't want to distribute this anymore. Can we do this on Amazon? Let Amazon ship it. And then if you got Prime, you'll get it in like a day or two. We don't want your image. So the funny part was during um, the actual Savage Fenty show, she was doing an interview and they were asking her, the interviewer was hinting at asking her. It's like, oh God, you don't have to ask me about my album. And she's like, girl, I said, she basically said, y'all want to take this makeup? Y'all want to take this damn, y'all want to take this damn Savage Fenty, and you want to take these clothes until I'm ready. That's it. And that's not on that. Deal with it. That's not on that. I've given, like, a lot of people understand she's actually making money from this. Okay. A lot of money. Yeah. So it's like, she's in no rush to give you music because technically, she's making more money than she would if she was doing music right now. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, music's fun, but this is actually more fun. I'm getting more money from this. Right. <sighs> Just kind of doing it. Child, living her life. Um, whew, 
child. All right. And then we segue into something completely different. Um, Usher's sexual assault accuser drops case against him. People remember when, um, who child is named? Juan Tisha Smoke Sharpson <laughs> made those claims, and now since once the case dismissed, according to documents obtained by Blast, Sharpton made it official today. Who her attorney Lisa Bloom? It wasn't immediately clear if she dropping the case as a result of a settlement or if Sharpton just decided she no longer wants to pursue the charges. Um, Basically, it sounds like if she's trying to drop the case, they're offering her a settlement. Mm. I'm going to be the main one to stick it out like a sore thumb. If they're offering her, if she's telling them she wants to drop the case, nine times out of ten, she got to offer a settlement and she's going to take it. And be like, okay, y'all, thanks for everything. <laughs> you still don't get paid, girl. I'm like, this man is me out. Like, I got this money now. We out. Um, let's see anything that I want to talk about that's here. Oh, my girl Summer Walker is releasing her for her debut album over it on October 4th. Can't wait. I'm gonna live and get my life. Um, good breakup music, good breakup seasons. I don't know how many of you guys remember a lovely, lovely sitcom from the early 2000s. My girlfriend. (laughs) My girlfriend. My girlfriend. Tracy Ellis Ross came on to her Instagram and said that they were doing a special episode on Blackish about feminism. And she decided to bring along a few of her girlfriends. <laughs> and turned the camera, and all you heard in the background is, oh, hell yes. <laughs> and then you turn the camera, all you see is Jill Marie Jones flipping gold. Um, yes, my girl Golden, Maya, my spirit animal, and of course, um, Persia White. The whole cast of girlfriends. That is going to be so dope that she actually brought them on, and I'm so glad Joe Marie decided to say yes. Yes. I'm like, I miss Tony Childs. I wish they would reprise their characters, though they can't because they're on Blackish, and of course, Tracy can't, of course, go into Joan. Right. But I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> I need to find out. I want to see what happened because I'm like I'm still mad of how they ended girlfriends. I didn't have to watch it all the way through. It was like because Joan finally got engaged to a guy that she was happy with, and he went he got deployed to Iraq through the the National Guard, and he was supposed to come back. That's how it ended. Oh wow! He was announced through the letter that she had to read to his actual classes to the teacher that he'll be coming back from Iraq in a few weeks. Then you had Maya um, was supposed to write another chapter, was supposed to write another book, you know, a couple chapters, um, basically so they were canceling her third book because her sales weren't adding up. And she miscarried, so I wanted to see if they actually had another kid. Like, you just go on girlfriend's reboot. Like, this is cute. But you like, 
<laughs> they have been talking about this, but the problem was they want to do the reboot as a movie. They just want to end it. Okay. But the problem was that they were saying they couldn't find, like, from what um, the producer was saying, she has the script already done. Mm-hmm. Basically, all she needs is a studio to back behind them and give them the money so they can actually shoot it. Wow. And, and girlfriends could be ended. Like, could give the friends the ending that they were looking right. for. Right. Hopefully they do that. That'd be dope. Hopefully. But um, definitely care, happy about that. I will definitely watch Blackish just to see that. Right. Um, Serena losing the U.S. Open. Moving on. I'm so upset about that. Um, Terrence Howard is saying that he's done with acting after the season of Empire is done. Now, as we all know, um, Empire had, since the whole Jesse Smollett situation, Empire has been struggling as far as keeping the show afloat. Then not too long after that, um, Rashir um, Gray, who plays Hakeem, he also got arrested. Whoa, yes, he got arrested on something, and now they're saying, due to everything that's happening with him personally, he's only going to be on the show limited, like basically limited episodes of the show. So basically, that leads to actual producers and the writers, Lucius, Cookie, and Andre. That's it. So you have to end the show with the three cla- the three actual people on the show that you focus the least on. You focus the le- like though of course we focus on Lucius and Cookie, but you didn't really focus on them like focus on the kids. Now if you're taking away two of the sons, right. what are you yeah. doing? Yeah. Especially you lost one of the major ones. You lost you lost Jamal. Right. Like what are you supposed to do? That's insane, man. It's crazy how that show just kinda like took a nose dive. Yeah, not even a slow turn, like it just fell. And it's like, this is the final season, and it's literally ending like this. I don't know how they can do that. It's going to be a time. It's going to be a time. Um, anything else we want to touch on before we move on to the next topic? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've covered a lot. Hmm? I said we've covered a lot. We have. <laughs> we have. Is that your way of telling me I'm rambling? No. Okay, good saying, job. We've covered a lot. Okay, good job. <laughs> um... Yeah. yeah, I had to go um, into that good old cut. The whole thing. Let me see. Do I have anything else so that I want to touch on? Support for the actual podcast. I really do appreciate it. Um, please continue to like, which means you actually like, which you heard. Great. It helps us get us up with the rankings. Follow the special podcast. Subscribe, which means download. You don't miss an episode. Let me see before I open my mouth. like to keep in contact. We were just talking about Tracy Ellis Ross. Real quick before I end this. Yes, I do. Tracy also announced while we were away that she was releasing her own hair care lines. Once again, it is WRY. Yes, she has released her own hair care line for women with curly, naturally curly hair. The name of the actual product is called Pattern. Yes, she wants you to rock your pattern. So she, I saw the website Natural launch. Um, once again, thank you for It's a little on the pricey side, but from what she says, product is wonderful. She uses it herself. Um, so she said she actually pitched the idea of the pattern back at the end of Girlfriend. It is 2019. It took over 10 years for her to finally launch it. Right. That Felicity so congratulations to her. That's dope. That is very dope that you actually got to launch your own hair care line. 
So congratulations to her. Um, I think it is time for us to start that we get to all shenanigans. Um, actually, I want to read this story. Great, and we shall try to see why. Because this is really ridiculous, absurd. It is asinine that this woman really got off fourteen days. Fourteen motherfucking bitch. Like, who does that? Okay, this will come from New York Times. All right, Shimon. Boston faces time in prison for her role in, nation, in the nation's largest college admission scandal. The, the actress Felicity Hoffman grew her tearful, grew tearful, her voice breaking as she told a courtroom that she wished she had never taken part in the scheme in the scheme to inflate her daughter's SAT scores. Earlier, she sat silent and sat silent as a prosecutor tickled off ticked off all of the reasons probation would not be sufficient punishment. In the end, a federal judge in Boston sentenced Ms. Hoffman to 14 days in, federal, in a federal prison on Friday. She was the first parent to face punishment in a case where nearly three dozen wealthy people were accused of using lies and bribes to smooth their, child, their children's ways into prestigious colleges. Looming over Ms. Hoffman's sentencing were questions about fairness whether she and the other mostly white parents in the case were treated more with more leniency than a poor than poor or non-white descendants accused of educational fraud. The issues were were merging in a case that has been swept with questions of integrity and well-to-do parents' efforts to not guard I mean to not just to guard their advances but grab more. The just decision to impo- to impose a prison a prison sentence on Ms. Hoffman prosecutors saw as one of the least countable parents made it more likely than that any parents convicted in the case would face at least some prison time even if the present even if the period is brief and longly symbolic that is a load of bullshit how in the hell and I sent it to Marlon and I told him I, I, I said in, in my best way of saying it Hold the read like we used to do. <laughs> I said, and I quote, I'm like, I'm going to talk about this. There's actually two things we need to talk about. Um, with all of this happening, the part that really bothers me, because it came up through Judge Mathis on Instagram, and his caption says as follows, 14 days versus five years. Actress Felicity Hoffman was sentenced to 14 days in prison and received a $30,000 fine, $250 of community service, and one year probation for paying $15,000 to boost her daughter's SAT scores in what is being called the largest college admission scam ever prosecuted. But, in capital letters, remember when a black homeless woman named Tanya McDowell was sentenced to five years for stealing a free education. She used her babysitter's address to enroll her son in kindergarten. Each mom was trying to get a better education for their children. Why the big difference? Right. Basically. <laughs> and it's, the sad part is, I remember when this all came out, and I was shocked to see her and also, of course, Laurie um, being listed as well. Um, I'm like, so why? And then the daughter, I think they said Felicity's daughter was on Instagram, was on YouTube bragging about the whole situation. Yeah. And it's like, you have kids that literally 
will save their money. Knowing they have the money to go, knowing they don't have the money to go to school, save their money, study hours upon hours to ensure that they get good grades. Right. Just to basically be shunned away because you cut a check so your daughter can go to school. Exactly. That's exactly what just happened. No You're saying fuck these kids that basically have to actually earn their education and earn their way into fine institutions. You're saying I'm bumping me and my daughter to the top of the line because I want her to bring income from here. Exactly. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. Deal. Just deal. But yet this woman that, so like they just say that she paid no money. All she did was use someone else's address and she got five years. This woman paid top dollar to inflate her daughter's SAT scores, and she only got 14 days. 14 days. 14 days, a $30,000 fine, and 250 hours of community service versus five years. Right. In prison. 14 days. In five years. 30K, 30K um, fine, and 250 hours of community service. Versus five years. White woman. Yep. Money. Mm-hmm. Black woman. Poor. Poverty. Mm-hmm. Five years. Fourteen days. That's Five years. Fourteen days. Make it make sense, beloved. They can't make it make sense because it doesn't. It sounds like utter fucking nonsense. It's ridiculous that she had to go through that. It's nonsense. Fucking nonsense. The problem with the last time. Especially if you are basically what you put down there is if you're white and you have money, you can get away with this. You won't do a whole lot of time. You'll do 14 days. It's okay, baby. You're only going to be in jail for two weeks. Right. It's fine. And we can easily cut the fine money. It's fine. Right. And community service could easily be counted as anything in a year probation. That is. Mind you, niggas would go to jail for the dumbest shit in America and end up on like being on probation for close to five fucking years. Right. And what do you do about that? No. What can you do? Oh, child together. So back to the thing I told Marlon to hold his read over. Yes, honey. Yes, girl. I'm going there. So there was a post that I found on Facebook that was relatively important imperative. <laughs> and it raises the question of the podcast and it literally questions who raised you? Oh. Like legit I need answers at this point. So there was this woman and the caption needs as follow for the post. African American woman calls out her boyfriend who calls her a maid and his maid in public. My white boyfriend always refers to me as a help when we're around his friends and it really makes everyone uncomfortable. But he won't stop and I don't know what to do. Yesterday he brought up yesterday he brought up the idea of buying me ankle shackles to really nail the point home. Please help. Now I'm gonna read the text messages where she asked her boyfriend to stop. Karan, can you please delete that tweet? If it bo- if it was bothering you so much, you could have said something instead of telling your nine thousand telling nine thousand people about our relationship. I thought you were into that the whole degradation, racial play thing, race play thing. But if it makes you that uncomfortable, I'll stop. 
the fact that this actually had to be a conversation is the part where I'm disgusted, but I continue. She writes back to him, I told you that it doesn't just make me uncomfortable, it makes everyone uncomfortable when you refer to your black girlfriend as your fucking help around your white friends. His rebuttal is, I honestly don't see the big deal because that's what you asked me to do. So what do I have to, so, so why, so what do I have to stop calling you my nigga when I, when I fuck you too? Sex is different from being outside. Bookmark. Outside, outside of what, of when I ask you to, it's just racist. Are you calling me racist now, Karan? Well, you're acting like one. Oh my God, I'm so sick of you people in the racist in the racism card. I love black people. I'm in love with a black woman. I listen to so much Travis Scott. I personally pay his phone bill. How is that? How am I racist for doing something that you asked me to do, babe? Please don't leave me already. Can you say something? What is it to say? You're 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 being genuinely racist and refuse to acknowledge that. Why talk to someone who won't listen to you? Tell me how I'm being racist. You're black, my girlfriend for one, and I don't think racists have black girlfriends. For two, I'm just doing what you asked me to do. All of this is so loaded. The all of this is so loaded. Like there are so many different layers to this whole situation that just makes it ridiculous. First of all, like first of all, like I part of me like feels like this is some like trolling post and it didn't really happen. It's sad that it really you re- that you really would question it. And it's not but the crazy the crazy part is not this kind of conversation is not uncommon. Right. So the second layer to it for me was like when I read like her intro, like would you please take this post down my home and help? It's like, well, first of all, how did you get into a relationship with somebody like that that is treating you this way? And then you dig deeper and you find out that you asked for it. You're getting into race playing the metro. So how are you in one breath turned on by it behind closed doors? But then and you ask for it behind closed doors. And then it comes out to the forefront and now you're offended. Now I feel like you knew that you were with a racist because bro literally said you people. I'm tired of you people. The, the, the trigger words, the, 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 all of those things in there, like, it's like, sweetheart, you, I, I feel like you knew what you were signing up for. And this is not to, like, um, support him being the racist bigot that he is. Well, like, you know, this is not to support his fetish for black women, because that's what it is. This is exactly what it is. It's not all that, but it's like, I feel like, just judging from the conversation, because you admitted to it in, in the text thread, that you liked it behind closed doors. Behind closed This is the part that kills me, and it's kind of like my biggest fear as to why me and interracial dating probably will never be friends. Okay. Like, I'm all for it. Love is love. Love who you want to love. Do you believe? Right. However, my issue that comes into play is when y'all do race play. It's like, you're tap dancing on that line of oh he calls me like he calls me a slave in the bedroom 
or I'm his like I'm a little I'm his little house leader or take that nigga but it's the third like you're already dabbling in race play. You all uh, one is a one saying that I promise is one of the most powerful things a black woman can ever say in their life. A man will only let you. A man will only do what you allow him to do, mm-hmm. and that's exactly what is happening here. If you allow him to disrespect you in that room, what on God's green earth makes you think he won't disrespect you in public? He calls you his maid in public. It made you uncomfortable, and it took you to go to social media to say how you felt, opposed to saying it to him directly. Mm. So you wanted. So my question is: Did you want to say to him how you felt? Was it genuine, or did you just look for the retweets and the likes? Mm-hmm. I think somebody probably looked at him and said something. Like it's not cool. And then she felt like she had to like catch him or whatever, and actually say something about it because it got out. It's not cool though. No, it's, it's not. Like, like how the fuck can you get comfortable with somebody calling you the help, the maid, the house singer? Like, I wish the fuck. <laughs> but then again, it's like, it sounds like it's something that she had been dealing with for a while. Like, him kind of saying that around his friends and all that stuff. But again, it's a double edged sword because it's like, you open the door for that type of behavior to happen. Right? Yeah. Like, you open the door for him to be comfortable saying these things to you, regardless of what they were. In the bedroom or not, you made him comfortable enough to be able to say it. Where he says it after that, it's it's basically what you signed up for. Yeah, you know. And my thing is, it segues into my next topic. <sighs> Wait, want a drink for this one? Yes, honey. Go on there. Mm. So recently. We had a, um, an NFL player come out as bisexual, and in the announcement, this happened while we were away. In the announcement, he also included a picture of his lover that just so happened to be a Caucasian man. Call me crazy and call me a whole if you want. I really don't care. But why is it that in the community, when we see a black man come out, whether it's an entertainer or athlete, their lover just so happens to be white? Like, I don't understand the stereotype that's perpetrated with this. Like, it happens just about every time. Like, in order for you to get some type of traction or attention to whatever you're doing, your spouse has to be of a different nationality from the one that you are, or identify as. And it's like, why? Like, why? And it's so weird that this has to be a conversation, but it's like, I know plenty of people that are just having to be entertainers, whether they can be a rapper, an artist, designer, whatever they have you, but if their spouse is not Caucasian, they don't get any of the respect they deserve. None of it. The minute they come out and their spouse is having to be Caucasian, oh my God, yes, love is love. We're all happy for you. Why? And it's the hardest questions to answer. Why? It's a very nuanced answer. It has a lot of layers to it, too. You think about it. Yeah. Think about 
let's start with um, commercials on TV. I've noticed that lately, when you're watching television and you have commercials now that feature same-sex couples, it's always interracial. Yes. It's always interracial or racially ambiguous. <laughs> so it says to me that you can't see me unless you feel comfortable with it. It further pushes this ideology that in order for us to actually have love, we have to seek outside of our own race. And that's sad. And it is, but it's 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 what they say. Take it a step further. Mm-hmm. Specifically when it comes to black LGBT or we're dealing with men now. So black, bi, or gay men. Sometimes you say LGBT, sometimes you right. guys included in that. Like, like, the lesbian part, but anyway. So when you're dealing with black, bi, and gay men that come out in any form of entertainment, really, I feel like it becomes difficult for those men to be in spaces with other out black gay men who are either entertainers or aligned with their type of work. Mm-hmm. I guess, because I'm not rich, so I can't say I'm not an entertainer, but it seems like this dating pool of black out gay by men in entertainment are slim to them. Or at least that's the way that it's presented. It's like as soon as you all decide to come out, there's a white man on your arm. And people are always questioning, like, well, why is that? Well, when you think about it, when's the last time we heard about a white gay man being gay bashed? Sure. When is the last time you've heard of a white gay man being bullied for being gay? Think about the out white gay man that we know in entertainment. Andy Cohen, actually Ian Polk. Um, what's the other news cast? Actually, Ian Polk is a black man. Is it? Wait. Sorry. You're thinking of the other Patrick. Yes, Luke Picard. That's what I'm talking about. Um, and then you're right. Yeah, I was going to say, Patrick Ian Polk is definitely a black man. What's his name? Patrick. Something Everyone knows who exactly you're talking about. Right. Um, when you think about those white gay men, they don't get no flack for being who they are. No. They have husbands and children and whatever have you. Like, they're good. They're good. And nobody that's not latched to it. <laughs> and the reason why is because, to be quite frank, society is comfortable with white men being gay. But you can't be black and gay, don't no, you? No, you can't be a person of color and be gay. And oh. that, even that is like layered and it's got all types of shit underneath it, on top of it, around it. Like, that, we could take that into so many other different realms, like, shooting around to 
religion shooting around to the expectations of black men, men of color, to be these super macho, hyper masculine, anything less than that is wrong type of men. Like all of these things play a part in why this happens. It's just it it bothers me. It bothers the hell out of me because it's like why? And everyone was saying, well, why are you so so fixated with the whole race thing? I'm like, it's beyond the race thing. It's representation. You you can have we have a bunch of entertainers that are happen to be black and gay that have black partners, but they could be like I said, really talented, really dope, or whatever they're doing. They will never ever ever be walking the mainstream. But the minute that you have a black entertainer that's coming out as either gay or bisexual, whatever in the community they identify with as far as terminology, the minute that they come out and it's a white person on their arm, they'll walk them with open arms. Why? Why? It's like, but it's, but it further sets us back because it's like the segregation when it comes to the community is really bad and nobody gets it. Like, everyone thinks, oh, you guys are just gay, oh, you're just all gay, gay. No, it gets further segregated. Because think about it, we have certain layers to the gay world. You have your muscles, your twinks, you have everything, and then of course you have people that are into the plus size, maybe you have your bears, you have your otters, all this other stuff. Like, we are literally further divided and it becomes beyond just race, it becomes into what part of the community you identify with. And it's, like I said, it just, it's frustrating to see it because it's like, I know people that are really fucking talented, but they will never get the respect they deserve because they don't have a white partner. And the same thing applies to our, like, our people too. If you ever notice, majority of the people that we know that are really talented, they can have a partner that is just black. And they can be really talented. Don't pay attention to them. The minute that, let's say, they get to an interracial, um, interracial thing, or somebody that's problematic, or extra, extra flamboyant, all of a sudden, all the eyes are on them. But it's more so for me, it's frustrating to see and sit back and witness that somebody that's black and gay, that they really put together a picture of every black gay celebrity that, is no, that has notoriety as far as mainstream media. All will have white partners. Every single one of them, and this includes as much as I love them, Billy Porter. Like, I mean, you know, and, and for me, like, I don't want anyone to feel like I have an issue with interracial marriage because I really don't. It's like, it's literally your the choice to choose who you love. No one is sitting here telling you that you should not love who you love. I know people that are in interracial relationships that have been married for years. Have been together for years, but at the end of the day, week, month, or year, this is the truth of the matter: is that interracial relationships are more glorified than anything, and they're more accepted, especially if it's just out to be African American and a non-person of color, like gay, white. Don't know why it's a thing; it exists, it sucks, and it's nothing that we really can do about it at this point because we're here. We are 2019. Here we are. Give more glorification to that than anything else. We renamed the self-care tip to 
the whole the whole the whole life survival guide. Yes. <laughs> we renamed it to the whole life survival guide. Um, Marlon, I want you to go first for that. Um, hmm. Think about it, marinate your spirit. I want you to think about it. Um, you have to find it for yourself because nobody can find it for you. Yeah. Um, and you gotta have you gotta have to come to it of your own version. But doing the work for that sort of thing is not easy. It's not. But it doesn't mean that you give up on it. If you don't put in the work, then you never and it's going to cause you to be very, very real with yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's never easy. Not for that, for It's never easy. To be real with yourself about who you are and what that entails. This is that choice. No flaws in our It's very, very hard. We spend a lot of time trying to be. I'm trying to be what others perceive us to be, or trying to be what we feel like others need, or what we need to survive in this world. Yes. But being authentically yourself is a task and a road to be less travel. Because it's hard to do that. But I encourage you to be that person. Be who you are. Yeah. It might hurt. Yes. But the freedom of the peace that you are on the other end of that is irreplaceable. You can't buy it with all the money in the world. Yes. So, why don't you get a piece of it, grab hold of it, and ride it to the woods one of the things I had to learn throughout this break, because besides being burnt out as far as creatively, it just it was a lot going on in my personal life where I needed to take a step back and get and gain clarity. So one of the things that I had to learn or relearn is the arts of self-love. And one of the things I had to say, especially when I beat myself up when it comes to I can talk about personal, talk about romantic, professional. It's literally a simple saying. I am enough. I am worthy. I am whole. You don't need another person to make you whole. You don't need a career to make you whole. You don't need a social status to make you whole. You are enough. If you literally go through people beating you up and telling you that you're not enough, your body has changed, or anything of the sort that may also your physical appearance, I want you to do a favor. If I heard this on another podcast, and I want you to literally, I don't care what you identify as, as far as, as, far as gender, sexual orientation, whatever may have you, I want you to grab yourself, whether it be the front, the back, or even the chest. 
and I want you to literally tell yourself, you are that bitch. Regardless of whatever anybody has to say about you or to you, period, you are that bitch. You got this. You are enough. You are whole. You don't need someone to tell you who you are today, tomorrow, or even the day afterwards. You are who you are. The art of self-love takes work. It takes time to undo all of the social beatings that you may have taken from other people and and their own issues and damage that they might have on themselves, but you have to learn you are enough. Fuck them people, bitch. Literally, it's my favorite line to say now that I'm older, but I promise you the the potty mouth gets worse as you get older. Fuck them people. Fuck them hoes. Fuck them. You are enough. Fuck them. I don't care if it's family, I don't care if it's friends. I don't even give a shit if it's a colleague or your boss. Fuck them people. You are enough. Period, poo. <laughs> Child, we done ran for an hour and a half. Marla got to this first show as a co-host, you guys. He sounds so enthusiastic. <laughs> I will come up on a Sunday. The day when we all supposed to rest. So... Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this is here to a wonderful season four, and I will see you guys next week. Peace out, y'all. Peace.